welcome to Those Feckin' Books, an RPG podcast where I do reviews, discussions, musings, and hopefully some interesting conversations. Hi James, it's Colin, Spikepit here. Enjoyed your last episode. Really pleased to hear someone mention Cthulhu Dark. Love that system. I think it's really clever. Had a great session of it at Concrete Cow, which is a little convention here in the UK. And um, the only thing I would say is I think it relies on having a a, a really good GM and a, a good group of players. But I suppose in reality you could say that about anything. But there is a free rule set of it. It's like one page. It folds up like a little trifold zine. So anybody that's interested, I urge them to check that one out. Okay, take care. Hello, Colin. Yes, uh, Cthulhu Dark. Great game. Great, uh, great system. And the printed book is lovely. I ran a game of it, and oh, it was so much fun. It was. Um, it was light, it was fast-paced, the horror was foremost, and the, uh, the rules were very far behind, and it worked out really well. Everyone went insane, and it, worked, uh, it was fun. <laughs> it, uh, oh, it's definitely worth checking out, and I would highly recommend the printed book. Hey James, Tim Shorts here. Love the... The last segment with he's a stormtrooper. That was very funny. Uh, one of the game systems that uh, kind of clicks with me, <clears throat> although I haven't really got to to play it and put it into um, I don't know a real test run, is the age system. It originally came out as a Dragon Age, but then it came out with Fantasy Age and then Modern Age. And I do like to have a bell curve kind of system instead of a linear one so i'm gonna take a look at that a little bit more closely and and check out what my options are with that so uh great episode james hello tim yes i actually um actually have the uh, the dragon age system and i rather like it i've never played any of the games the setting is a bit hit or miss for me. I do like the um, I like the dice system, and I actually quite um, I quite like the uh, the mass combat rules in there. They really clicked with me. They really made uh, made sense. I haven't checked out the other age books, but uh, I might be tempted by Fantasy Age. Uh, we shall see if I can be tempted away from uh, RuneQuest. Loved hearing the story about your son. That's fantastic. It's fantastic. So much fun. When I was little, I was Wonder Woman. I dressed at the table like Wonder Woman. <laughs> so, why not? Thank you, Whisk. Yes. <laughs> oh, they are crazy kids. And I am having... Oh, it's just a joy to be their dad and to get to um, to see them grow up and be... As weird and wonderful as I could possibly have hoped. It's a privilege. Hi, James. It's Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. You talked about wanting a lot of story in your games, and 
it's funny because I think one of the things about role-playing games is that it crosses a pretty broad spectrum from people who just want a set of rules and they want to follow them to people who enjoy the gaming aspect, so the chance aspect of I'm going to roll the dice and I wonder what will happen, to the other end of the spectrum, which are the storytellers and the people who want to develop a character and they want it to be, I don't know, I mean, I would say more meaningful because, of course, I like to write and tell stories, but that doesn't mean it's any less meaningful on the other end of the spectrum to the people who you know, mesh with that kind of thinking. So I don't know, maybe that's part of finding the right group. Hello, Lauren. Yes, it is interesting how there are different types of gamers and that there are people in it for different reasons. For myself, I've, I've never empathized with the go in and win approach. Uh, for me, the, the winning is... The winning is succeeding in creating an interesting story, creating an interesting narrative. But for others, it's, it's the actual game itself part that detracts them. Uh, you know, however you come to the table, uh, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully you end up staying there and enjoying, your, enjoying yourself. Uh, it does encourage me, though, as a game master to try and find out what type of player my players are and tailor the experience towards them. Uh, another day, another strange series of appointments. It's been, uh, it's been an interesting one so far. But um, I've nearly completed my read-through, my initial read-through of the uh, RuneQuest Garantha Bestiary. I've got about ten pages left. <laughs> I've been reading it little by little as I uh, as I can when I get home from work. Absolutely exhausted this week, but um, almost almost complete. And I must say that uh, from my initial read, it's brilliant. It, it's it is a, a work of genius. There are. Um, I will go ahead and do a, a full review, but for my initial thoughts right now, it is a setting document disguised as a bestiary. It gives you a, a ton of information about these creatures, where they belong, why they belong, who they are connected to and where they are. There are um, no dolphins, <laughs> so it passes the, um, the bestiary test for me. If there's a dolphin, I, I, throw, my, uh, I throw my hands up, I rend my clothes, I, uh, I look at it scornfully. But um, nope, no, no dolphins, thank God. Um, although there are a type of merfolk with dolphin-like tails, which... I am more than prepared, in a generous spirit, I, I'm prepared to accept. It, uh, what are the highlights so far? Oddly, uh, one of the highlights are the um, are hyenas. <laughs> a strange thing to be a highlight, but um, the way that they are connected to the world and the fact that uh, there was a goddess, uh, actually the... 
I believe, the goddess of the of the northern continent, who died and the hyenas uh, consumed her body, and the tribes of Prax won't kill them because they are connected to her. Uh, everyone else wants to kill them, but uh, they leave them alone. So hyenas flourish. It's, uh, it's, a, it's just a tiny thing, but very interesting. My other highlight, of course, are dream dragons. Oh, such a brilliant concept. Uh, the reason why a dragon is greedy or the reason why it is selfish or all this is because it is the dream of a real dragon made flesh. Great stuff. Uh, what else? Um, just the, the vast selection, I believe five or six different um, uh, pl- new playable um, races. The, uh, the Moracanth, you know, sentient tapirs, the ducks, the tusk riders, the dark trolls. Uh, what else? I, I know I'm missing a few. Uh, one of the other things that I found very interesting is the, the fact that um, spirit combat, um, pitting your soul against another spirit, the spirit of a place, the spirit of a thing, is um, a lot more detailed than I thought it was going to be. And it also really informs the setting. I... From my initial reading of the setting documents, you know, you learn about spirits and you know that there are spirits and that kind of thing. But having them presented as a monster, as something that you have to contend with, and that, you know, there are malevolent spirits wandering around, or there are, you may go to a place and in order to make something happen, you may have to contend against a spirit, is very interesting. I uh, I look forward to that. It um, it makes the uh, shamans in the setting make much more sense to me at least. What else? The uh, the ecology and family life of the dark trolls is very interesting, and from my read through, I've kind of got an idea about how I'm going to run them as NPCs. I've been given a um, uh, been given a bit of an insight. the The reason I say that it's a setting document is because if you go to the beginning of the book, you'll see it laid out. Um, not mm, this monster here, that monster there, but monsters bundled up into groups. One of the biggest, or one of the, an entire section is given over to bugs and normally I would think normally uh, bugs would be passed over you know as just a one part of the setting but because of their connection to trolls and because trolls farm them herd them uh, ride them uh, you know keep them as pets that um, they're given a lot more space and a lot more interest and now I'm you know more interested in them each of, the, uh, each of the creatures in there is included because it belongs in the world. And you also get a real picture of what Glorantha kind of lo- what it looks like. Um, there's a lot of prehistoric creatures. There's dinosaurs, there's 
uh, mastodons, there's mammoths, there's all these different uh, all these different creatures. That gives me more of an idea of how I'm going to describe Glorantha to my players. I was thinking, Glorantha, the cultures, are, there's a little bit of Celtic, there's a little bit of Roman, there's a little bit of Greek, there's a little bit of Native American, there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I, I kind of imagine Sartar now... When I first heard of Sartar, I thought, OK, you know, England. But no, it's more like... Um, I don't know, like Minnesota or something, where you know, nice big open areas with hills in the background, like and or mountains. You know, it's a different kind of landscape, and I have more of an idea of what that landscape is like through the creatures that populate it. There are pumas, there are um, saber-toothed cats, there are dire wolves. There. It has almost a Stone Age feel to it. So it gives me more of an idea about how I'm going to be describing this world, which is great. I like that... Um, I like that the world is prehistoric. That there's these creatures that uh, there are now fewer of them, but uh, you know they are large and magnificent and interesting. I didn't think uh, that zebras would be quite so interesting, but in the setting there is a great uh, little sidebar on why zebras are allowed in Prax. Um, you know, they're, uh, for the Praxian tribes, the horse is taboo. It is um, certainly not, uh, it is not allowed. It is uh, considered to be you know, basically unclean. Well, uh, at one point, a group wanted to be formed, and they had horses. And so their leader said, "Hey, you know, what would um, what would it take for uh, horses to be accepted?" And they said, "Well, we'll only accept them in chains, basically." So he bred horses with small zebras and produced large, rideable zebras. And the stripes are a symbolic. Uh, uh, symbolic chains and so got round the restriction which is <laughs> which is great and then uh, the whole origin of horses in the setting is, is magnificent uh, the horse started out as a hippogriff and through various uh, calamities it started to lose its wings lose its claws and uh, lose its uh, fangs and other things and became more and more horse like and that is how you know, horses came to be. The book, it, it's wonderful. It, it really is. And uh, I'm thinking... I'm thinking RuneQuest is going to become my, my game. Which uh, is, is quite satisfying. And um, I, I've been looking for something that I can say this is the thing I want to run forever, which, you know, I, I know that there are going to be things that come along that will um, contend with it. But I have always wanted to have a game that I could always... that I would always want to come back to. Uh, something that I could run a campaign for, 
pick it up, you know, a year later and be just as excited. And I think... Uh, I think Greg Stafford was onto something with this setting. <laughs> but uh, definitely a, uh, a further review uh, inbound. And uh, I'm very, uh, very much looking forward to the other books that are coming out for uh, Glorantha. There's the GM source book, which I'm oh, eagerly anticipating. If there is one thing, one major criticism I could say of the uh, RuneQuest Glorantha core book is that it could have been um, with the it could have been perfect with the inclusion of a single paragraph that said NPCs are generated in the exact same way as player characters. Here are a couple of examples of what that would look like. Go wild. Uh, but what it actually says is NPCs are generated in the same ways as player characters, and that is all. It doesn't... Um, uh, now, that is, that is technically enough, but it is so different from every other RPG that I've ever played that mm, I kept looking for some other solution. I kept thinking, there must be a section on NPC somewhere. There must be something. And I couldn't find it because it wasn't there. And so, uh, hopefully, uh, I suppose that, that um, paragraph is only there for the, uh, the dim reader, which is me. But, uh, yes, very, very satisfying, very enjoyable. And I uh, would highly recommend. It's uh, the best jury is a way to get a lot of information about the people, about the uh, the world, without having to read too much text. And yeah, uh, oh, I've got to run this game soon. <laughs> You've been listening to Those Feckin' Books, an RPG podcast. If you've uh, got any um, suggestions for topics I should cover or any um, comments, uh, commentary, uh, send me a message. I look forward to hearing from you.